0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Filato on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host, Nick Filato, and we are about to go through a brief synopsis of each game in Week 8, the ones that were on the Sunday slate, which did not include our beloved New York football giants who are set to square off against the Kansas City Chiefs. In Arrowhead on Monday Night Football, I am recording this just after the victory by the Dallas Cowboys over the Minnesota Vikings. Disappointing, you know? Not that I have delusions of grandeur that the Giants can steal the NFC East, and in fact, it may be better for the Vikings to start accumulating some losses... Because the Giants may be battling with a team like the Vikings for a wild card spot if the Giants are able to mount an actual playoff run, which I am not fully bought into yet because the whole Carolina win last week was a feel-good story. But that is a game you're supposed to win against a quarterback you're supposed to beat. Now, I say that before diving into this Panthers-Atlanta game where the Carolina Panthers stole a divisional win against the Atlanta Falcons, 19-13. Calvin Ridley is stepping away from the game of football as of right now. I don't know how long for mental health reasons. That's what it's being purported at the moment. So I think that is important to bring up because the Falcons struggled to do much offensively. Matt Ryan threw two interceptions didn't even go north of 150 passing yards. He was efficient, but he was just dunking the football down to Cordero Patterson and dunking the football down to Mike Davis. His primary target was Tajay Sharp, who had six targets, caught five for 58. So the entire Atlanta Falcons offense was just kind of sputtering without Calvin Ridley and I don't even know if it was purely because of Calvin Ridley and this goes to the this makes me speak of the New York Giants I think it's also because of the Carolina Panthers defense now Stephon Gilmore was there in this game he had one of those interceptions but this defense is no joke it really is not they have a long list of pass rushers, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, Derek Brown can get after you. Morgan Fox is a solid rotational player that they have who plays, I guess, more than a rotational role. But as a pass rusher, he's not one of their primary guys. But either way, the Panthers have a good defense, and now the Panthers get to 4-4 four and four, while the Falcons fall to 3-4 and four, since they have already had their bye week. Sam Darnold didn't play spectacularly here. He got knocked out towards the end of the game, and P.J. Walker had to come in. He took a really, really just... Big hit near the goal line. He finished the game 13 to 24 for 129 yards. It's all but apparent that he is not the long-term solution, and this Carolina team is just waiting to get Christian McCaffrey back. Because Chuba Hubbard or Tuba Hubbard, I should say, fell into the end zone, but he averaged 3.4 yards per carry. Didn't look all that great. Amir Abdullah had eight carries. Royce Freeman had six carries. It's just obvious that the Carolina Panthers are just trying to run the football and grind wins out. And I don't believe that is a way. Uh, at least a good recipe for long-term success in the NFL, despite the fact that they have a pretty solid defense. So Carolina gets that dub, that win right there. Then we had the Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, another interdivisional matchup where the Bills... Beat the Dolphins at home 26-11, to 11, but it took them a little bit. They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. This was a pretty close game for much of the game, and then Josh Allen just kind of ended up breaking out towards the end of the game, finished the game 29-42 for 249 yards and two touchdowns, along with the rushing touchdowns, eight carries for 55 yards. Just Josh Allen putting the team on his back. Miami definitely came out there hungry and definitely wanted to try to win this game after being absolutely embarrassed and shut out at home earlier in the season in week two when Tua was hurt and Jacoby Brissett had to be forced into action. Action. but Tua didn't play all that well in this game either because Buffalo's defense is so damn good. 21 completions, 39 attempts for 205 yards, no touchdowns, zero interceptions. Miami couldn't do anything on the ground. Miami really just couldn't do much offensively. I mean, Devontae Parker coming off of a two-week absence because of his injury had 11 targets, caught 8 of them for 85 yards, and then Jalen Waddle had 12 targets but caught 4 for 29. Jalen Waddle has been very inefficient in some games, receiving double-digit targets and coming away with like 4 catches for 30 yards. Somebody with his skill, Set, his athletic ability and his speed you just expect a little bit more which we have seen in spurts this season but not in this game buffalo wins 26 to 11 and miami falls to one and seven on the year with buffalo being five and two in that afc that's up in the air right now at the top there isn't one team that is primarily just beating down every other team you have teams like the bills who were arguably that team into losing in monday night football to the tennessee titans and then you have teams like the chiefs who are three and four playing on monday night football who everyone suspects that they are the best team but they are not playing like it right now we'll see what happens on monday night Moving on, though, to the 49ers taking down the Chicago Bears. It was nice to see Justin Fields have a significant bounce-back game here, but it wasn't enough as the Bears fall 33-22. to But Justin Fields finished this game 19-27, to 175 yards, a touchdown, and an interception, 10 carries for 103 yards, and a touchdown on the ground with some really nice highlight reel type of plays throughout this game. He was a reason that this game was competitive for for a large portion up until about the fourth quarter where San Francisco just started scoring and scoring and Jimmy Garoppolo ended up with two rushing touchdowns. Eli Mitchell finished the game 18 carries for 137 yards on the road along with a touchdown. Khalil Herbert also was solid for Chicago, but inefficient 23 carries for 72 yards also had two catches, but didn't do much with them. But it's just a bunch of young running backs who were drafted very, very late showing that they, belong in this league and Herbert's stat line doesn't suggest it but if you watch the game you can see that he is a legitimate running back as for the receivers for the 49ers Debo Samuel just getting it done man he had an 83 yard catch in this game tackled down within the five yard line he had six receptions for 171 yards and nine targets just an absolute stud so far this season Garoppolo didn't have a touchdown he didn't throw an interception but he did throw for 322 yards had those two rushing touchdowns looked pretty solid out there for the San Francisco 49ers trying to just hold off Trey Lance because of the 49ers continue to lose games it's just going to be a quicker route to getting Trey Lance some snaps which makes a lot of sense we see the Bears right now they're still competitive I guess you could say as are the 49ers in the NFC the NFC is kind of weak relative to the AFC and Fields is out there they're three and five I'm hoping that the Bears just continue to lose football games but we barely saw Andy Dalton we saw him in the beginning of the year got injured and then it was field's job garoppolo got injured and then shanahan still he came back gave the job back to garoppolo i'm guessing trey lance just isn't quite there yet to take that job and run with it but we know the athletic capabilities of a player like trey lance he definitely has that within his wheelhouse and he's definitely a player that once he gets in there if he doesn't fall flat on his face he didn't necessarily do much to impress in that Arizona game but if he doesn't fall flat on his face and Garoppolo continues to struggle and not put up stats and not win football games which he did here he did win then I can see Lance getting in towards the end of the season especially if the 49ers are not competitive moving on though to the Steelers and the Browns this game was kind of wild if I'm going to be honest for for a for a lot of reasons first off you have the Steelers going into the Browns. Ben Roethlisberger typically owns the Browns, even though the Browns beat them in the playoffs last year. But when the game is in Cleveland, the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger rise to the occasion. In this game, he had 266 yards and a passing touchdown. This could be his last game in Cleveland, which that's got to be a lot of emotions there because Ben has played so well there. Najee Harris had 26 carries for 91 yards, a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, 6 for 98. Pat Frymer, had a touchdown, 4 for 44. Baker Mayfield didn't play all that well. Deion Johnson had a rushing touchdown, but the Browns couldn't get really anything going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mayfield was sacked four times, but the most curious thing in this game was a fake field goal towards the end of the first half that Mike Tomlin ran with Chris Boswell. Chris Boswell took just an absolute huge hit which should have been roughing the passer because he was passing the football and I know he's a kicker but he's passing the football and he took a helmet right under the chin and basically got knocked down and he was on the ground for a while and the Steelers lost their kicker because of this so Boswell was out for the rest of the game and then for the rest of the game from that point on they couldn't kick any field goals they could hardly kick off they kicked it out of bounds one time when they kicked off because the punter's never kicked before. He's a punter. He's never kicked in high school, which seems ridiculous, to be honest. But, hey, that's th- that man's path. So he never went down that road. And the Steelers and I, just we're in a really precarious situation. I think Mike Tomlin's got to be smarter than that. That's just a really silly play. In a game that's 3-3, it's going to be a defensive-grinded-out type of game like a lot of these AFC North games are. And you go for a fake field goal pass with your kicker when you have no one else on the roster who's capable of kicking field goals i mean it's a kind of a, a donkey type of move even if you had like 10 guys on your roster who could kick field goals but with, without that you he goes and he takes that hit it's just it seems like a, a an odd choice from mike tomlin something that's a little bit beneath a great coach the, the great coach that he is because he is one of the better coaches in the National Football League. But I thought that was just a really peculiar situation there. And the Steelers are so lucky they escaped this game with a win. And Cleveland, man, now they're at the bottom of this division because the Steelers are 4-3. and three, They're 4-4. Four and four. You have the Ravens doing work. The Bengals lost to the Jets, which is hilarious. But, you know, that just tends to happen. But they're still up there with the Ravens at the top of the division. Browns are 4-4, four four, man. It's not a great situation. They're a little dinged up. But you can't lose this type of game at home and they did and, that, and that's that's kind of how these things go this is how the week gets separated from the chaff if if you want to kind of put it in into those terms when you're a a team that is is solid to good and you lose at home to a sputtering team like Pittsburgh in the sense that they lost their kicker and there were a lot of things going against Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh has a great defense that were coming off their bye. They had a lot of things going for them. But Cleveland played on Thursday Night Football, so they kind of had a bye week. They could, had time to rest their guys. Baker Mayfield was healthy enough to play. If he wasn't, you should have started Case Keenum because Case Keenum is a is a reliable backup type of quarterback none of those things happened. It seemed like Baker was okay in this game, but they couldn't get much going. There was a lot of drop passes, and losing at home to a team without a kicker in a game like this is just is just a heartbreaking one for Cleveland. It's something that that city is unfortunately used to, but this Cleveland Browns team is good. It's just hopefully that a loss like this doesn't ding their, their playoff chances in a division that is pretty competitive. No one expected the Bengals to be as good as they are, and and they are, even though they lost, which we'll go over here in a bit. Then we had the Eagles playing the Detroit Lions, if you want to call it that. The Eagles beat the Lions 44-6. to They go to 3-5 and five as the Lions continue to be winless. Jared Goff, 25-34 for 222 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Jalen Hurts just went north of 100 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But he did have 71 yards on the ground, just kind of being a fantasy football cheat code right now while not really playing that great of football, even though his team won... 44 to 6 in this game and the Eagles Nick Sirianni's basically getting run out of town over there and this just kind of goes to speak to the Detroit Lions being as bad as their record suggests, which a lot of people, including myself, thought maybe because they've been so competitive, they're not as bad as their record suggests. Well, this kind of put that little cherry on the top of the whipped cream there. Forty-four to six is an absolute beatdown against a team that's not all that great in the Philadelphia Eagles. And for stats here, Dallas Goddard went six of seventy-two on seven targets. Now that Zach Ertz is not there, but there wasn't a lot. Or much else, I should say, from a statistical standpoint, other than Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, each having two rushing touchdowns. guys who hardly ever saw the field. Jordan Howard, this is his first game dressed now that Miles Sanders is injured, and everyone thought it was going to be Kenneth Gainwell, and he had 13 carries for 27 yards and nothing, whereas Boston Scott was 12 of 60 for two, and Jordan Howard was 12 of 57 for two. So I guess that's just the way the NFL goes. Sometime there was no Jamal Williams in this game, and DeAndre Swift was basically non existent as a running back, 12 of 27 average. 2.3 yards per carry with five catches for 24 yards so the Eagles really clamped down on this Detroit offense which Isn't all that difficult to do, but still relatively impressive. And it kind of goes to uh, show that the Eagles defense, even though this is against Detroit, but this is on the road and Eagles aren't a good team. Eagles defense still, they're not a rollover type of team. Darius Slay had a touchdown in this game on a fumble recovery by Avante Maddox who knocked it out. I think that's cool just because it was a very acrimonious end to to the Darius Slay era when he was with the Detroit Lions because Matt Patricia and everything and then he gets traded to the Eagles basically forces his way out and here he is returning a touchdown against his old team even though it's not necessarily a good team I still think that's a cool story for Darius Slay somebody who used to be one of the better cornerbacks in the league he's still a good cornerback he's not a bad one by any means but I don't think he's a top five type of player anymore Moving on, though, to the Rams and the Texans. The Rams just absolutely boat raced to the Texans and then took their foot off the gas pedal, and the Texans scored 22 points in garbage time to make this score 38-22. to Cooper Cup 7 for 115 and a touchdown. Robert Woods had a touchdown through the air, 3 for 35. And he also had a touchdown rushing, 3 for 22 on the ground. The Rams could just do whatever they wanted, essentially, in this game. And then in garbage time, Brandon Cooks caught a touchdown. Brevin Jordan caught a touchdown. Rex Burkhead rushed a touchdown in there. Matt Stafford continued to prove that he could possibly be the MVP this year. It's not ridiculous. 21 to 32, 305 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Daryl Henderson getting it done on the ground, 14 carries, 90 yards, and a tutty. And it's just the Rams beating up on a bad team. You can just look at their records 7 and 1, 1 and 7. You can probably guess on who 7 and 1, who's 1 and 7. Alrighty. Before we get into the rest of these matchups, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. One of the more exciting games on the slate was the Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis where the Titans were able to find a way to win in overtime against the Colts 34-31. to Ryan Tannehill had three touchdown passes, 265 yards, two interceptions on the day. I mean, Derrick Henry had 28 carries for 68 yards. The Colts defense did so well against Derrick Henry. And you know what? Titans defense did a solid job against Jonathan Taylor, even though he had a rushing touchdown, 16 for 70. Jonathan Taylor has the upside to average six yards per carry, only average 4.4 at home. But Carson Wentz, man, he played really well for much of this game. But towards the end, he threw two costly interceptions, one that was returned for a touchdown that gave the Titans the lead when the Colts were in a position to, to take the lead. It was 24 to 24. It was a tie game. And Carson Wentz is essentially on his own goal line, and he tries to check it down to the running back, throws it directly to a Titan under a lot of pressure, and the Titan just walked it into the end zone for a touchdown. Titans go up 31-24, to but then to Wentz's credit, he finds Pittman on a couple big plays and sets up the Jonathan Taylor rushing touchdown to send his game into overtime 31-31. Each team in overtime possesses the ball three and out, three and out, and then Carson Wentz tries to fit the ball to Michael Pittman in a tight window. And the safety, Kevin Byard, one of the better safeties, a ball hawk, undercuts it for an interception, setting up the Bullock field goal. And that's just a devastating way to lose this game, man, because if the Indianapolis Colts won this game, they would have positioned themselves to be 4 and 4 and the Titans would have fell to 5 and 3. And that's a one game difference there, but instead this loss at home, they go to 3 and 5 and the Titans go to 6 and 2 and and, and little things like that are, are reasons why teams make the playoffs and teams don't make the playoffs. And I thought Carson Wentz looked solid in this game and he was running, he looks healthy after those two sprained ankles. The Colts were up 14 nothing in this game and then they ended up turning the ball over on down after Carson Wentz couldn't find Michael Pittman deep on a fourth and three from the 40-yard line. And it was kind of strange too because Wentz, the play before on third and three, also went deep to T.Y. Hilton and couldn't connect on that. So that's two deep passes in third and fourth in short situations. So a little bit of peculiar play calling there. I like the aggressiveness, but it didn't end up working out because right after that, the Titans led an 11 play 60 yard drive that was capped off by a Jeff Swaim touchdown pass. And AJ Brown was also just an absolute beast in this game too. 10 catches for 155 yards and a touchdown 11 targets as well. I mean, he's fully healthy from all the little injuries that he dealt with through the season. This was just a, a great effort by the Titans who are proven to be a real real contender in the AFC I think a lot of people are writing them off but it's really difficult to write them off after they beat the Bills 34 to 31 beat the Chiefs down 27 to 3 and then just won this game 34 to 31 now they have Sunday Night Football though next week in Los Angeles against the Rams that's going to be difficult and then they get to host the Saints that could be difficult but it's looking like it could be Trevor Simeon and I'm not sure James Winston might be out for with the torn ACL if Taysom Hill is going to be back yet. But that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor. And then they have the Texans, and then they have to go to the Patriots. And the Titans are definitely set up to win – some of these future games coming up let's move on though to Jacksonville and Seattle and Seattle just beat down Jacksonville that's all you really need to know 31 to 7 Geno Smith threw two touchdown passes to DK Metcalf Tyler Lockett got involved in a heavy way here didn't have a touchdown but he could have had two easy ones 13 targets called 12 of them for 142 yards great to see Tyler Lockett have this type of game as for the Jags man they couldn't get anything going they threw a Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown pass in extreme garbage time to Jamal Agnew, who had 12 targets, caught 6 for 38. Dan Arnold had 10 targets, caught 8 for 68. But there was just nothing going on because James Robinson – Hurt his ankle early in the game and basically was just out for the rest of the game. I don't believe he even came back in and tried to test it out. He only had four carries for 22 yards. Looked really spry. Had a really nice pass catch on a screen that went for 17 as well. Had two targets in the game. But once he was gone, Trevor Lawrence couldn't put the team on his back. And even if they had James Robinson, I doubt they could have won this game cuz Seattle was just doing everything right on defense and they were doing everything right on offense as well. I mean Geno Smith was 20 or 24, so incredibly efficient and they were able to run the ball, I would say adequately, but not well. I mean as a team they averaged 2.8 yards per carry. That's not great. But Alex Collins was 4.4 and Geno Smith was able to pick up some yards on the ground and Gerald Everett got blown up on a, on a tight end reverse for negative five yards. So you have to look into the context there just a little bit. But still, they could do a better job in that area. I remember they were stuffed a couple times near the goal line as well, bringing that average down. But Seattle Seahawks are three and five, Jags are one and six. Moving on to the Bengals and the Jets. The Bengals lose this game 31-34. to Mike White goes 37-45. What? For 405 yards. Three touchdowns. Two interceptions but let's ignore those two interceptions. And he had a two-point conversion on the Philly special, man. Mike White, who is this guy? I remember him when I was down at the Senior Bowl. He was there. A kid from Western Kentucky a few years ago and I was like, oh, this Mike White guy. He's going to be one of those journeyman types. He comes in, throws for 400 yards. There hasn't been a quarter quarterback for the Jets that's thrown for 400 yards since freaking Vinny Tester Verde look at that they drafted Mark Sanchez high they drafted Geno Smith not super high second round but still he was supposed to be the face of the franchise they have Zach Wilson now they've just gone through quarterback Sam Darnold None of those guys ever went north of 400, And this Mike White individual steps in gets a good Cincinnati Bengals defense, a team that was 5-2 and two heading into this game, and drops a 400 burger on them. That is great. Good for you, Mike White. You do it, bro. And he was doing it by throwing and checking down to his running backs. I mean, Michael Carter had 14 targets, caught 9 of them for 95 yards. Jamison Crowder, 9 targets, caught 8 of them for 84 yards. Ty Johnson, 5 catches for 71 yards on 6 targets. He was just spreading the ball out, man. He hit... He other than the guys I just named. Denzel Mims, Keenan, Keelan Cole, Braxton Barrios, Jeff Smith. I mean, he's just completing passes to all these people. Tyler Croft, Ryan Griffin. So Mike White, man. Mike White MVP. Now, nah, but in all seriousness, man, th- this was a really nice game for this kid. Something he's always going to remember. And he earned himself another start. Now this one's going to be Thursday Night Football at Indianapolis. That's not probably going to be a promising situation for Mike White, considering all of the aspects of the New York Jets and the mediocrity that surrounds just that entire organization. But hey, they traded for Joe Flacco. He played well enough to earn this start. So hopefully he doesn't go out there and fall flat on his face. As for the Bengals, Joe Mixon had a touchdown, but you know what? The Jets porous rush defense really clamped down. 14 carries for 33 yards. That's it. It's all Joe Mixon had. Other than that, there was a Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase touchdown. Chase only had three catches for 32 yards, one of them being a touchdown on nine targets. Tyler Boyd also threw a pass and completed it for 46 yards to Joe Mixon, actually, and Boyd also had a receiving touchdown. Joe Mixon had a receiving touchdown. Boyd finished the the game five catches for 69 yards, and this is just a devastating loss, and the Jets are kind of doing this to teams, man. The Jets beat the Titans at home. They beat the Bengals at home. These are two of the best teams in the AFC, and I know it sounds gross and kind of weird, but statistically they are. And Joe Burrow was 21-34 of in this game, had one interception, which was more of a tipped pass on on a screen that Shaq Lawson picked up, or picked off, I should say. But he finished with 259 yards and three touchdowns. Other than that, MetLife Stadium. MetLife Stadium is acting as an upset spot for good AFC teams. So hopefully the Giants can use that against the Raiders in two weeks. That would be excellent. Which, by two weeks, I mean two games, because the Giants haven't played yet in Monday Night Football. Because it didn't work in week one for Denver. It did not. And the Giants play Miami in Miami, so that doesn't work either. So let's hope they can ride that positive inertia put out there by the Jets against these quality AFC teams. But anyways, stop talking nonsense, Nick. Let's move on to the Patriots defeating the Chargers. 27-24. to in Los Angeles Chargers fall to 4 and 3 Patriots are now 4 and 4 and this game was basically just exactly what the Patriots wanted. They're going to run the football a lot. They end up getting a rushing touchdown. Damian Harris had three and a half yards per carry, but they just kept pounding the rock. Twenty-three carries for eighty yards. Gave him Andre Stevenson eight carries. Gave Brandon Bolden four carries. Mac Jones rushed the ball four times as well. Mac Jones didn't throw a touchdown in this game. He did throw a two-point conversion to Jacoby Myers. He's going to get a touchdown by the end of the year, everybody. He's getting so close every week. These two-point conversions. he's tackling on the one-yard line. These. Getting called back. Jacoby Myers is going to get a touchdown eventually. But anyways, the Chargers and, and Justin Herbert struggled against Bill Belichick's defense just like they did last year, only not nearly as bad. But Herbert was 18-35, to two touchdowns, two interceptions, 223 yards. So he, he struggles. It, 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 and it's not ridiculous to think about because it's one of the best defenses just in general. When it comes to these young quarterbacks, we saw what happened last year to Herbert. They got shut out. They got absolutely beat down. That was in Los Angeles as well. But in terms of this game, Austin Eckler was 11 of 64 for a touchdown. Justin Jackson actually had a 75-yard run, was tackled from behind. Keenan Allen, six receptions, 77 yards, a tutty. Josh Palmer had a touchdown as well on his only catch and his only target. He's an interesting draft pick out of the University of Tennessee, a wide receiver, a good player. But the defensive touchdown on a pick six thrown by Justin Herbert, is kind of what really propelled this New England Patriots team to win. It was by Adrian Phillips, a former Los Angeles Chargers. So, similar to Darius Slay, that's a pretty sweet situation. And the Patriots were able to just squeeze out this win. I mean, this is really important for the New England Patriots who are trying to get one of those wild card spots. A lot of people, including myself, thought Miami were going to be competitive this year. They are not. They're terrible. And now the Patriots, they could possibly sneak into a wild card spot if they can continue to win some of these games. And there are some winnable games up ahead. They have to travel to Carolina, Bill Belichick against Sam Darnold, seeing Ghost. Let's see what exactly happens there. If Sam Darnold's healthy enough to play, then they host the Browns, and they have to travel to the Falcons. The Titans and the Bills are the next two games after that. Those are not good. And the Colts and then the Bills again. Those are not great. But then you end the season with the Jags and the Dolphins. So if the Patriots can beat the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Browns, those are three winnable games, then they should be in good shape. But best of luck trying to get past the Bills twice down the stretch of the year. Moving on, though, to the Denver Broncos taking the Washington football team to task, 17-10 at home washington falls the two and six denver is now four and four teddy bridgewater found Melvin Gordon for a receiving touchdown. Melvin Gordon also added a rushing touchdown. Javante Williams got dinged up in this game, so it was more of a Melvin Gordon type of show in terms of being a receiver, even more so than Javante, who was working in that role on Thursday Night Football. But Jerry Judy returned to action here, saw four targets, caught all four for 39 yards, wasn't all that involved past that. But This was just an ugly, sloppy game filled with a lot of defense. Taylor Heineke was sacked five times. Teddy Bridgewater was sacked four times. Melvin Gordon fumbled the football. Taylor Heineke fumbled the football twice. I mean, there was just a lot of sloppiness, which is what was to be expected from both of these offenses here. I mean, Washington ended up with 342 total yards. They outgained Denver. Denver had 273, but Washington turned the football over twice, whereas Denver only turned the football over once in this game, and they were missed field goals. There were turnovers on downs. I mean, Washington missed two field goals. Brett McManus missed a field goal. The Broncos fumbled the football. I mean, there, there, there was just a lot of a lot of mistakes offensively in this game which as i said earlier is no surprise whatsoever and the denver broncos finally end that skit of losing football games because the broncos were not doing well there. They were 3-0, and they lost four straight to the Ravens, Steelers, Raiders, and Browns before defeating Washington 7-10, and it's not going to get much easier for them as they get to play the Cowboys, possibly with Dak Prescott, next week in Jerry World. Then we have the Saints defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 36-27, and this game was was unique because Jameis Winston gets hurt. Jameis Winston isn't a Tom Brady type of quarterback. Everybody knows that, but he might be out for the year now, which... I mean, I'm no doctor or anything like that, but the early reports indicate that it could be serious, which is entirely too unfortunate. But Trevor Simeon came into this game, and he helped the New Orleans Saints win this game. I mean, off the back of Dennis Allen's defense, of course, but this is three out of four games of of Tom Brady being, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, losing to the Saints. And we remember the two embarrassing losses during the regular season last year, and then the playoffs, that was something totally different, where Tom Brady and... Tampa Bay Buccaneers took care of the Saints but it wasn't a blowout or anything it was a 30-20 to 20 game good on Tom Brady obviously to, to get that done back then but in this game I mean he made mistakes he threw the interception late in the game and he did not play all that well 375 yards passing is great four touchdowns is amazing but those two picks really were devastating for Tampa Bay's chances to win this game and one of them was an interception returned for a touchdown by PJ Williams which kind of just mounted the the score made it look a lot worse than it actually was. But Tampa Bay was up 23-7 to at one point, And Tom Brady did what Tom Brady does, man. Found Giovanni Bernard for a touchdown. Then he found Mike Evans for a th- 41-yard touchdown. Then they ended up finding Cyril Grayson for a 50-yard touchdown pass. But the New Orleans Saints just kind of kept in there. And they had a 12-place 70-yard drive ended in a field goal to make the score 29 to 27 before Tom Brady threw that pick sick making the Saints lead insurmountable at that point but Alvin Kamara in this game had 61 yards on 19 carries and a touchdown as a receiver Alvin Kamara only had three receptions on four targets for 15 yards Kevin White was out here making catches I mean James Winston, and Trevor Simeon, was just pat passing the ball around, similar to what I said about Mike White, Kevin White, Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith, who had a touchdown. Garrett Griffin, Markowitz, Callaway, Mark Ingram, Ty Montgomery, Adam Trauman, Alvin Kamara, Alex Arma, Juwan Johnson. Those were all the players that were targeted. That is a lot of players. Similar to Tom Brady, who targeted a ton of Buccaneers. And Rob Gronkowski ended up getting hurt. He had one target near the goal line. He didn't return to the game. O.J. Howard had 2 for 16, Cameron Brape 2 for 15, but you could tell the team missed Rob Gronkowski, and there was no Antonio Brown in this game either. Chris Godwin had a big 8 for 140 and 1 on 12-target game. Mike Evans was shut down mostly by Marshawn Lattimore. He had two catches for 48 yards and then a touchdown on a 41-yard game that I was talking about before, which he beat Lattimore cleanly on that play. But, you know, Tom Brady's going to bounce back and do Tom Brady type of things. He's heading into a bye week, so, you know, this is, a, this is a team that is going into the bye week pissed off, and they're going to take out all their frustrations against the Washington football team next, the week after, on um, November 14th. And then they get to play the Giants on Monday Night Football the next week, and the Giants get two Monday Night Football games in a limited amount of time, which is pretty, pretty uh, – hopefully – it's gonna be not embarrassing. Let's let's just say that. And Then that Sunday night football game was a 20 to 16 win by the Dallas Cowboys. Relatively boring game. I thought it was gonna be a, a lot more exciting, but it was just a, more of a defensive struggle, sloppy type of offense. But Cooper Rush 24, 40 for 325 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Kirk Cousins 23 of 35 for 184 yards and a touchdown. Found Adam Thielen on their first drive, who had nine targets, caught six of them for 78 yards. Justin Jefferson was a non-factor in this game. Dalvin Cook had 18 carries for 78 yards, wasn't really used at all in the uh, passing game he had two targets that were poorly placed and Ezekiel Elliott 16 carries for 50 yards couldn't get anything going Tony Pollard 7 of 26 he couldn't get anything going both receivers though since teams were playing to stop the run because there's no Dak Prescott Mari Cooper had 8 for 122 and 1 CeeDee Lamb 6 for 112 and then Cedric Wilson got hit on a 73 yard post route against a middle of the field open defense that went yard so three Catches for 84 yards for Cedric Wilson. But relatively, it was a it was a more of a defensive type of game, and the Dallas Cowboys end up coming out with the win. And as I said earlier in the podcast, I'm not really 100% sure if uh, you root for the Cowboys or the Vikings in that situation. I can never root for the Cowboys personally, but the Giants may be going for that seventh seed if they can make a run and the vikings are a team that would be also be going for that i think the division may be a little bit out of reach now if dak prescott's being conservative with this injury he can miss a couple games win 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 and i don't see the giants being able to to make up all the games that the cowboys already have because they're six and one right now Alrighty, everybody This is Nick Fulato. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please check us out over at Big Blue View. Go check out the website. We're talking all things Giants, football, fantasy football, NFL, all the good stuff. This is Fulato on football. Everybody, please have a great one.